0: Welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And a very dramatic morning here here <laughs> in The Spill studio. We're running a little behind. I just had a very hectic interview with a double Oscar winner. You're in another ticket fiasco, <laughs> but can you give the listeners a quick update on Taylor Swift? Because I understand that we're very invested in your journey. And okay. then tell us why your phone is open to another ticket page. What's going on? It's
1: really hard to be me, Laura. I'm a fan <laughs> of a lot of things. I have to say a huge thank you to the listeners of the podcast, to The Sp- because they were so kind to me last week as you spoke about at length on this very podcast it was eras talk ticket week last week rough time for a lot of people. And took over
0: the Australian news cycle like nothing I've ever seen before for any sort of concert event like this.
1: It really did and I, as everyone else did, had a really rough Wednesday of sitting and staring at this stupid blue line for about 8 hours and I was documenting it on my Instagram story because it was the only way I could stay sane and I have never had so many messages from people that knew listening to the podcast that this was a huge moment yeah. for me and everyone was so nice and there was a lot of commiseration there were some celebrations my dms were popping off and it really kept me sane in that moment so thank you spillers i appreciate and love you very
0: much and she got a ticket for everyone playing oh, and I got a and ticket.
1: it was just like a heightened emotional experience i understand yeah because you're looking at this line and you just feel a little bit crazy yeah watching the same thing happen and look i'm currently in a line for paramore tickets oh, looking is that at another, that phone is? another blue line <laughs> so if i sound weird throughout this podcast I'm just, I'm just going through it again. And if we
0: stop suddenly, <laughs> it's because she needs to buy tickets. It's deja vu over here. Anyway, speaking of something else that took over the Australian mm. news cycle this week was the Barbie tour. We had the Barbie cast and director scriptwriter Greta Gerwig in Australia. And we're going to talk about how this Barbie machine has not only taken over the news cycle, but very cleverly behind the scenes, flipped the script of how people are talking about this movie and also answer some questions from the front lines of the press mm. tour because we were there for one. One of us was there. I'm so excited for <laughs> you to tell me all about it. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day.
1: I have news. What's the heart got? I
0: want more headlines.
1: So kicking things off today with the Sun newspaper, which has been made to publish findings that its December 2022 column by Jeremy Clarkson about Meghan Markle is sexist. You may recall the Clarkson column caused a bit of outrage last year because, among other things, he said he dreamed of seeing Meghan Markle stripped and marched through the streets while crowds chanted shame and threw, quote, lumps of excrement at her, a reference to an infamous Game of Thrones scene. So both Clarkson and The Sun apologised soon after that was released and the column was removed, But it still attracted more than 25,000 complaints to the UK's media regulator, the Independent Press Standards Organization. So over the weekend, the IPSO ruled that Clarkson's piece was sexist in tone and instructed The Sun to publish a summary of its findings against it on the same page as the column would usually appear. It has been reported as a front page apology, which I think is a little generous. Sunday's paper included a tiny line at the bottom of the front page that reads Jeremy Clarkson, IPSO upholds complaint, see page 17. And then on that page, the paper published a summary of findings. So, in a statement on its parent company's website, not in the paper itself, The Sun said it regretted publishing the column. The Sun accepts that with free expression comes responsibility. Half of The Sun's readers are women. And we have a very long and proud history of campaigning for women, which has changed the lives of many. At this stage, Meghan Markle has not commented on the findings, but following the initial publication in December, she did accuse Clarkson of writing articles that, quote, spread hate rhetoric, dangerous conspiracy theories, and misogyny.
0: When I first started Betty Buzz, I set out to create the best tasting sparkling drink out there. So, Blake Lively's name has been in the news again over the weekend, and this poor blonde, beautiful movie star. <laughs> no, actually, I actually <laughs> like her. She's fine. Can she catch a break? Because obviously, we spoke on a previous episode, The Spill, about the backlash that she in particular is facing, even though she didn't write the movie script for her new movie, It Ends With Us, and mm-hmm. all of that controversy that's swirling around that. And then a few days ago, she popped a little announcement up on her Instagram feed, and people have really taken it and run with it in a very negative way. So, if you're not a Blake Lively has her own alcohol-free drinks range called Betty Buzz. Betty, named after, do you know this because it's a Taylor Swift song?
1: Yes, it's right. Well, it's named after her grandmother, which is also the name of her child. Yes, and also her the name third daughter
0: with Ryan Reynolds. of a Taylor song. Yeah, it's the whole thing. <laughs> so Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, they have four kids together. I hate that I know this. James, Inez, Betty, and then unknown baby number four. We'll find
1: out when Taylor releases a
0: new song. Yeah, exactly. I'm betting on that. So Betty Buzz came out. And the thing about Blake Lively, even though she kind of isn't famous for playing a heavy drinking party girl on Gossip Girl, she herself is not a drinker. So Betty Buzz came out and obviously like Ryan Reynolds, her husband has his gin brand, which is lovely. Got a free bottle once. Thanks to that, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) At a Blake Lively movie premiere. They're so good at that marketing. And she was like, you know, I don't like to drink and I want to have an exciting, fun cocktail. And a lot of people were really excited by that because, you know, especially in Australia in particular, alcohol can be pressed a lot and this idea that you have to have it at events to have fun. Mm -hmm. And so people really kind of got on board with this idea of having these beautiful, fun drinks or cocktails with no alcohol. And then over the weekend, she put up a new range of her new alcoholic drinks with the caption, Betty Buzz good for all ages and preferences, zero alcohol. Betty Booze for those who want the alcohol because that's what hosts do. We make something for everyone and not usually for ourselves. Wait, I'm describing mums now. So (laughs) a bit of a weird (laughs) marketing campaign. She also posted another photo of her holding a tray of the new Betty Booze drinks saying, Betty Booze, if you're so tired or lazy, but like me, you still have an ego about what you serve or you just appreciate your mouth. Any excuse counts. I don't, I don't know if I appreciate my She went on to say mouth. it was her most requested drink. And yeah, she's like, I'm a risky business, dot, 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 or cocktail, whatever. I'm a secret bartender. You get the point. Betty Booze, sparkling bourbon with apple ginger sour cherry. That's giving me a terrible flashback to those days <laughs> she had her blog. Remember that? It got shut down after mm-hmm. Vogue did the cover on it. Anyway, there's a lot of backlash now. And when I say backlash, it got picked up in headlines everywhere, which I understand because Blake Lively's face, the name and the word, Backlash drama mm-hmm. is very clicky. So mm-hmm. I understand why a lot of websites did it. It's probably only 30, 40 comments on different posts, which in the scheme of someone who's got millions and millions of followers isn't that much. You just get a ticket.
1: Yeah, no, I've got to <laughs> enter my code. Okay, just just <laughs> Please hold. Bear with me. Oh, That's a it's a little waiting music. It's glitched. I can't hit the oh, thing. I we'll have to wait for me to get through
0: on my other right. window. Because this is glitched. Okay, let's go back to Blake Lively and her problems. So yeah, it was only 30, 40 comments on each post, which someone who has millions of followers isn't that much. But the reason that people were getting really angry is they were like, here is this person that marketed her whole personality around not being a drinker and having a non-alcoholic brand who now seems to be doing a cash grab and marketing and trying to sell us something that she herself has been very strongly against and doesn't drink. And so they're very angry about that, to which I say, let the woman sell her alcohol. (laughs) I
1: get that point of view, and I understand that it does come across as a cash grab, but to that I say, aren't all businesses, especially celebrity brands and endorsements, cash grabs? Like Blake Lively doesn't need any money. She doesn't need more money, but this is a smart business move. If she already has the established brand that's doing non-alcoholic stuff, it makes sense in general no matter which way you look at it like capitalism 101 right there is a little space in the market here which she can easily slot into without much effort it makes perfect sense and I just I understand like she's not using the product so how can she endorse it but like this happens all the time she's not
0: physically making every non-alcoholic drink either guys
1: exactly and do you think that Ryan Reynolds he owns a UK football team I don't think he knows much about football, <laughs> yeah. but I don't see people up in arms about that.
0: Like J-Lo has a booze brand. That's the other thing people are bringing up is that now celebrities are just slapping their names on everything, yeah. which is something they've always done. Yes, Jennifer Lopez, also a very big I'm a non-drinker, brought mm-hmm. out an alcohol brand. People were very upset about that. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is not to like add to the pile on of Blake Lively, mm. but just to say maybe we should look at this celebrity outrage cycle because it's, it's in full force at the moment in particular and rein it back a little bit because- as she said in her three rambling posts that I just read out, <laughs> she does not partake, but as a hostess, she likes to have all the different options there. Uh-huh. And also most celebrities, I'm sure, I mean, JLo says that she only uses her face wash and that's why she looks like that. That woman's not using that face wash. Is Kim Kardashian using just that eye cream? No. Is Hailey Bieber using just her little skin thing where she puts a little dot in each one? Probably
1: not. And it's not a new thing. Was Hilary Duff wearing her clothing line <laughs> in 2003? Because I was,
0: but I don't think she was. Yeah, exactly. Celebrities, you know, they have put these things out there. I'm sure, like, they want to attach their names to things that they're, you know, do fit into a particular part of their brand. But I don't think we should expect them to be living and breathing every part of their brand. And especially this particular cycle of outrage mm. seems... So manufactured from someone who's just putting out a product as part of the business they own. So again, Blake Lively doesn't need me to defend her, but can we all just <laughs> take a second, calm down, and just move on to something else? <laughs>
1: I could dance, I could dance, I could dance Watch me. Last week, I'm sure you saw the Barbie press came to town with Margot Robbie, Greta Gerwig, Issa Rae and America Ferrera gallivanting all over Sydney from a fan event and a party in the city to a press event in Bondi. And one Laura Brodnick <laughs> sitting across from me was at those events. Laura, I need you to tell us all about them.
0: I had the most Barbie-filled week last week. (laughs) Not only did I have a little sneak peek at the movie, not the whole movie, because it's under lock and key. Mattel is very strict on this. I watched it in a room with a few other journalists, and there was a man in night vision goggles (gasps) watching me, which does happen quite a bit, I've got to say, when I see these previews of movies. But it's always like, at least there was a group of us. I've sat in a room once with a man, just me and a man, in his (laughs) night vision goggles watching me watch an entire movie. Okay, but who's watching him? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He could be making a dollar off this. So I can't say anything about the movie yet, but don't worry, that info and all the cast interviews is coming. And then the next day was the press event at Bondi, which was really interesting because there was already like a huge group of like photographers and people outside, you know, trying to capture Mm -hmm. the Barbie cast there. And they had gone all out with the marketing and it worked in a way that a lot of movies do this level of big marketing for anything that's considered a blockbuster, which is a lot of these movies that are just about to come out for the American summer, which is their big movie time. But this really took off in a way just because I think people were very primed for it. So they had the iconic pool at Icebergs in Bondi. I'm sure everyone knows what that looks yeah. like because the picture's always everywhere. And they had Barbie like in the pool. But they also had it all set up as like with the deck chairs and the umbrellas because obviously the beach is such a big part of the Barbie movie in the trailers yeah. people yeah. have seen. And inside, they had it all done up with this like beautiful pink things and mm-hmm. the Barbie pictures everywhere, these beautiful pink cocktails, which are very strong. I had two beforehand <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, maybe Ooh. should have just had one. Little pink treats. And it was just very Barbie-esque. Everyone was dressed in pink. Mm-hmm. I had my one pink item of clothing on, <laughs> used it up that day. And so that was interesting watching all of that happen. And then we had a p- little press conference with just a small group of journalists and director, writer of the film, Greta Gerwig, Issa Rae, who plays President Barbie, America Forever who plays Gloria, one of the few humans in the film, and Margot Robbie herself. So her company, Lucky Chat, produced the movie and she also stars as stereotypical Barbie in the movie because, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of different Barbies we've seen <laughs> from the press. <laughs> Many. And it was just really interesting watching them interact and also how clever, which we spoke up before, but watching it in real time, how clever the marketing for this movie is because it's not about the budget. A lot of people are getting that wrong because I guess they're seeing it more mm-hmm. and so they think that this movie has, I mean, I don't know the exact budget for every movie, guys, I'm going to say, but, you know, we know that, like, you know, big blockbusters, like, look at the whole Mission Impossible cast is in Australia right now. They've been doing a massive world tour. There's mm-hmm. a lot of big names in that cast. Tom Cruise has walked everywhere carpet in the world. They're doing heaps of interviews. They've got, you know, takeovers and helicopters and they've been doing stunts and they've been doing lots of stuff. So it's not like other movies don't have this big budget. And like, think about when like the big Marvel movies come out and stuff, how much they take over the world. I think it's because the Barbie marketing has tapped into like fun and frivolity and nostalgia. It's found a way to give people permission to push away any of it that might've been a little bit troubling and just fully embrace it. As, like, a feminist movie. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. It's the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. Do you guys ever think about dying?
1: When my heart breaks. I think that is why I am so into it, is because it's, like you said, giving permission for a bit of fun, and yeah. I feel like cinema as a general thing, had lost sort of just like a fun movie. Mm. And I think that's why I was really into the Jennifer Lawrence comedy that came out recently as well, is that they're not based in a fandom like a Marvel movie is, and that's really where cinema has shifted to alongside sort of more prestige and less fun films. And so this has really tapped into something because it's bright and it's pink and it's like mm. just these hot people dancing <laughs> in in the trailers. And the feminist angle is really interesting because – I have, like, taken the bait, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, I'm looking at you all and of everyone this else. for all of these little Easter eggs. So, for example, the latest outfit that Margot Robbie has worn was on the Soul Premier pink carpet, and she's wearing two outfits, essentially. She's wearing this business Barbie thing with a big shiny pink phone, and then she takes that off, and there's a big chul dress underneath. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, that is so cool. And then you go online, and you realize it's an exact replica of a Barbie outfit from Day to Night Barbie, who was originally released in nineteen eighty five to celebrate women's workplace revolutions wow. going on in that time. And so I feel like they're looking really, really closely at Barbie's history and they're trying to pull out all of these I guess, sort of progressive parts of Barbie and really putting that to the forefront. And guys, I'm buying it.
0: Yeah, I guess we haven't, like what you're saying with the clothes, we haven't had a movie marketed around like fashion and like hidden details and stuff. The same reason that we are talking about recently about why we watch music videos and that sort of thing Mm. for a film. And I think that's why Margot and Robbie and her team have been so clever about how they build up the mythology of this film via clothing in the lead up to it. Because even when she landed in Australia, you know, she was getting papped walking through the airport and she's wearing a pink... I want to say Chanel, we're not a fashion podcast, vintage jacket previously worn by Claudia Schiffer. Yeah. And then it was funny at the Bondi event, because all the pictures, the press pictures went, that went everywhere were her in the black and white dress, which is an iconic, like the first dress the Barbie. wore yeah. yeah. What was also interesting was just how much they're bringing together like that kind of girl gang mythology, which has taken a hit in pop culture over the last couple of years. Like I think of Taylor Swift, the last person I think who did the big girl gang thing. Mm. And then people were saying it's exclusionary, it's toxic. We kind of pushed that aside but I think people still want that and so the Barbie movie is very about that because in the movie like you've seen the clips all the Barbies hanging out together and we've heard all these stories from behind the scenes about how they had team sleepovers and all that sort of stuff and you can see them on the press tour together like the way they interacted at the press event on stage the way they talk to each other they're really trying to push I'm sure it's real I'm not saying they put it on for the cameras but I think they're very attuned to that's what people want and that whole kind of like we're girls girls thing which is very refreshing even someone in the room was coughing a bit and needed some water and they all sprung into action like margot robbie's like take my water and and then Issa's like running down with her water and giving it over and everyone's like present barbie to the rescue (laughs) (laughs) and in the interview they went into the fact that some of them like america ferrera was saying that she never played with barbies as a kid because they didn't represent her and she didn't see a barbie that looked like her Greta ago is saying that she had like hand me down barbies like her mom would get her and be like why are you playing with these i grew up with a mom who didn't like love barbie which only made me more interested in Barbie. But I got a lot of hand-me-down Barbies. And Margot Robbie was never like a big Barbie girl. They all said they were very aware of the negative connotations around Barbie and how hard they've gone to flip it around the other way, which has then given like everyone permission to just like this movie and just like put any little problematic stuff to the side. Because we're like, they're aware, they've addressed it. And they said the whole reason they wanted to address it in the movie and in the press tour was so that people knew that they were aware of everything about the negative connotations of the body image and the Mm -hmm. thin blonde woman and everyone's got to, like, look like this perfect pink Barbie which has gone out of fashion over the years and switched around. It's, like, it's the biggest turnaround in pop culture I've seen for a long time. It
1: is. And, you know, it actually goes as far as how they're treating Ken as well. I think that's a really key part of it as well is this whole, like, the tagline of the movie is like she's Barbie and he's just he's just can oh and he's America such a, like, said goombo. that to me
0: when we were talking like pre the interview she said something like oh this guy he's just a can and I was like <laughs> I love how that's part yeah. of your just language now
1: I love it and Ryan Gosling is playing into it so well he was at a Canada
0: event <laughs> in saw- Canada
1: and you know he was just. He was Ken. He was talking about Ken. Again, he's leaning
0: into, I guess he was a very safe choice for Ken because he's always had this very kind of feminist energy to him. And even the press photos, he took his sister because he and Eva Mendes don't do red carpets together. And there's video of him like fixing her hair before they go down the red carpet. And of course everyone's melting because like what a nice brother. (laughs) And then at this press event Greta Gerwig was telling us that she wrote the part for Ryan Gosling and he was the only person that she wanted for Ken. And she was like, I know that like he's mostly done very dramatic stuff and he's a very kind of serious actor but then she's like but then I would watch him on Saturday Night Live and see how funny he was mm. and knew that he was the person to bring in so even like who they've chosen to be the male lead is very strategic
1: he's like a girl's man yeah he is that makes sense. like he's very non-threatening and he comes across as super genuine and like silly he's yeah. really willing to lean into like the safe silliness yeah. of it all and I think all of this is just like, I'm willing to go, I'll wave the Barbie as a feminist icon flag. Yeah. Like I'm and I'll take way the hint as
0: it. Ken. Like he he's not <laughs> he's in on the joke too. So anyway, we don't mean to be like kind of overhyping this movie because we haven't seen the full movie. That's next week, next Monday. Mm, two the Monday. weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks away we'll have seen the full movie when we go to the Australian premiere. But I think it's interesting to look at the marketing yeah. around this movie and look at the fact like it's not just the cash. Any movie can splash out cash. It's the clever way that they've rebranded what we're allowed to like and what women want to see at the movies and package it up in this way that everyone is just leaning into. Like, that's the interesting thing.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick with audio production by Scott Stronick. Our executive producer is Gia Moylan. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. Bye. Bye.